It's been six years now since alternate realities went up to that big back issue bin in the sky. Though much has changed, our community endures. Now, on the brink of a new day, my holiday reunions with the AR gang near their conclusion. This is The Longer Halloween. Welcome to The Longer Halloween, a My Comic Shop history tale. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is part 11, Ryan Holiday. And joining me is the final employee of Alternate Realities, Steve Ryan. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. The last man standing. Yes, that is that is quite the distinction. How how does it feel to be the final worker at the shop? It's, I mean, well, it was also me and Sean because Sean, I think, still had his occasional Saturday. He was but, still doing Saturdays, and I don't mean to diminish that, but you were the most uh, the most frequent worker at the store. Yeah. So that's quite the distinction. Yeah, it was it was weird because it's you know you get the distinction of being there right at the end, you know, for all that, the memories people talk, like, thankfully I was there six years. So it was, I had a lot of good memories, but also, you know, you're, you're there at the end when everything's starting to kind of wrap up and wind up and the good memories start to kind of get a little further and farther in between. I'm sure. But, you know, and I wasn't even thinking about this, but you were likely a part of, because there were so many people and we talked about this, there were so many people uh, you know, former owners and, and workers and customers in particular who came back during those final days. So you were likely a part of a lot of people's final memory at the store. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, I was looking forward to, you know, I, and I still am looking forward to catching up with you. I will be honest, your, your name really, uh, and your birthday really played a big role in landing you the spot uh, on the longer Halloween, because as people are aware, certainly by this point, right, each episode has been tied to a different holiday. August is tough. Not going to lie. August is real tough. And so I went back to <laughs> the original inspiration for this series, Batman, the long Halloween, because they did the same type of thing, right? Each issue was a different holiday. And for their August issue, uh, they went with Roman holiday, the birthday of, of Roman Falcone. And I thought to myself, all right, Roman holiday, Ryan holiday, your birthday's in August. So I felt like it, it fit. Oh, see, I thought you were going to go the other direction. August 16th, the day I was born actually turned out to be the feast of St. Stephen in the Catholic church. I was not even, I was not aware of that, but not only, so I want to talk about August birthdays for a second, because you share a birthday with my mother who oh, was wow. on, who was on the mother's day installment of, of this podcast and my grandmother's birthday is August 14th and my son's birthday. He'll be two on August 23rd. So August birthdays, uh, very special for me personally. And obviously for you, <laughs> a lot of Leo's in your life. Yeah, very much. So it's funny how that, uh, <laughs> funny how that worked out. I also have to say, I feel like the, 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 the podcasting gods smiled upon us, Steve Ryan, because this will be out at the beginning of August, but I'll peel back the curtain and share that we're recording this end of June. Uh, so a little over a month before it will release. And, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about and bonded over when we worked together at Alternate Realities was our shared love of the television series Supernatural. It is, now, correct me if I'm wrong, this is your all-time favorite TV show? Yeah. All right, right on. I'd say probably close with the 
tied with the Simpsons, but yeah, absolutely. As okay. far as live action goes, definitely. So as people might be aware, <laughs> we had some some news. And I mean, the timing of it could not have been more perfect because if we had recorded this like two nights ago, we would have completely, you know, we would have completely missed it. But it was just as of this recording, it was just <coughs> announced that there, oh, you got a dog in the background there. There's my dog, Finn, who just heard something fall and decided it's letting me know. Gotcha. Uh, so I think that's, a, I'm trying to think, I think that's the first we've had we've heard a pet on one of the episodes. So we have another, we'll, we'll call him a, you know, a third, the third, uh, the third participant or the second guest. So uh, it was just announced that Jensen Ackles, who of course played Dean Winchester for 15 seasons on Supernatural, uh, that, that Jensen and his wife and their production company, they are developing a prequel to Supernatural called the Winchesters, which will chronicle the uh, the love story between Sam and Dean's parents, John and Mary. So more developed after that. But before we talk about that, like, what is your take on the idea of this prequel generally? Like, are you excited about it? Are you apprehensive? A little bit of both? I'm a little apprehensive about it because obviously you and I are both huge fans of the show and watching the show, we know that Mary came from a family of hunters. John had no knowledge of it, but that was something that was never involved in their marriage to the best of our knowledge. I mean, maybe something Mary, Mary went on trips by herself, but there was nothing that was really tied into them as a couple. So unless this is going to be like a normal CW drama, that's, we just know the end of it. Like, I don't know how this is going to fit into the whole lore of supernatural. Yes, that is my biggest reservation about this, too, because I just feel like, like you said, I mean, we know so much of the story because we had flashbacks and time travel in particular. Like, we've seen a lot of the story play out. And and I agree, the, the points that you brought up in particular, I'm hard-pressed to imagine how they're going to get around that without contradicting the established, the established. mythology. So, yeah, so... So I don't know. I'm, so I'm a little apprehensive. I also feel like, and again, like you, right? I, I love the show. I watched all 15 seasons and I don't, your, your fandom definitely surpasses mine with the show, but I, I mean, I loved it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like some, not everything needs a prequel or a spinoff yeah. or a revival or an origin story. Like it just, I don't know. I, I'm pretty skeptical. No, the show began at the perfect point because if it began with John training the kids, like we learned through the course of the show, he was a terrible father. Like he meant well, but he was a terrible father raising his children to be hunters. So that wouldn't have been a great show. Like, and before that, I don't know how much story there is. Like that seems like almost like a TV movie that like it would be a doomed romance almost, but we don't, we know what happens. And the problem is once you do, once you have, 15 years of continuity and you try and go back like you have you have to check in with all the facts we already know and going back and changing something go oh we forgot that's not going to fly with fans especially as hardcore fans of supernatural yeah that's the thing these and we're we're part of this fan base it's like (laughs) supernatural fans are not known for we are but we also aren't the kind that like rage at the show when it doesn't go our way and you can see that a lot in the online fandom and it's just like like, all right dial it back it's a show (laughs) 
yeah fair uh fair point so so yeah i don't i don't know i i, I remain pretty skeptical about it I'll, I'll be honest i was surprised i figured that the next time because as you and i both well know right the they attempted two prior spinoffs via backdoor yeah. pilots during the you know the regular run of the show and they didn't go I really thought the next time we got a supernatural announcement, it was going to be a revival, like yeah. Jared and Jensen are coming back for an eight or ten episode run. So I would, I was surprised. Were you surprised when you heard the announcement? Yeah, like well, it, it kind of hit where there, like you said, we're, we're recording this in the end of uh, June. This hit, this news hit the exact same night where the new Shang Chi trailer with Abomination showed up. And for me, what I got most excited about was the new Halloween Kills trailer. So like all three hit at once. And I like I was telling another friend about it. And it's like, this is almost like the like the least story, like with the other ones coming out. But it just I'm I'm like you, I'm skeptical of whether it's gonna work. Yes. And then the plot thickened because Jensen Ackles co star, Jared Padalecki, who played uh Dean's brother Sam throughout the fifteen year run of the show, tweeted that he uh, did not know about this announcement. He found out about this show via Twitter. And uh, and then he... Uh, big brother move. Yeah, and then subsequently tweeted, no, this... Because someone asked, like, oh, this must be a joke. And he was like, no, this is not a joke. But even at that point, I was telling... I've been, I've been uh, keeping my wife in the loop on this. She is not invested, but she's been very kindly and patiently listening to me explain this. <laughs> And I was like, As any any good wife does with any part of our fandom. Exactly. And I was like, this has to be a publicity stunt. I feel like this is just the, re- the, the, like the ramp up to them announcing that. Oh, cause I didn't mention this. Right. So in addition to Jensen Ackles producing, he's going to narrate the show as Dean. And I was like, this is a publicity stunt. Like this is the ramp up to them announcing that like, you know, Sam's going to be co-narrator or something like that. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really think it was for real, but apparently it was. But uh, in yet an, in yet another development, uh, they've apparently squashed their beef, and because they, they they both tweeted that they had a conversation about it, and they're they're in a good place now. Which, if for anyone who has watched the show, ninety percent of the conflict they had during the show could have been solved with one conversation, usually towards the beginning of the season, but they never had it, and it always built to the point where it exploded. Yes, exactly. It's like, did they not learn from the show they were on? I guess, yeah, I guess not. I mean, we're, and I don't know how much you've thought about this or how strongly you feel about it, but, you know, where do you have an, I guess, do you, do you land anywhere as far as like whose side you're on in this? I mean, I obviously, I think you probably should have, Jensen probably should have given uh, Jared a head up, a heads up that this was happening. I understand them not including him because one, you really only need one narrator. Two, in terms of the show, Sam was a baby when his parents were together and his mother died. So, he, like they established in the show, he has virtually no memory of her until later seasons when she runs around. You know, he's back. But I, I even just said it like it's a typical big brother move to do that and not tell the little brother. But obviously, uh, Jared's doing his own show with the Walker, Texas Ranger. So obviously, I can see them not involving him in terms of, well, he's probably too busy. But I think a phone call probably would have helped. Just saying, hey, we have this idea. We're going to push it through. Yes. 
I agree with that. Though, counterpoint, it's like Jared could have responded with a phone call instead of putting him on blast on Twitter. But counterpoint to that is he, you know, I don't know. And I'm trying to think of like how I would feel. It's like he might have been like, well, I found out about this through Twitter. So you'll find out that I'm mad about this via Twitter. But the one thing that that does get me a little bit is uh, there was another tweet by Jared where he was like, you know, like, look, I love everybody involved. Like, please, fans, like, stop with the hate and the and the threats, because, right? Because the fans got up in arms real quick. That's which is why I was saying, like, we don't fall into that level of fandom. Like, I don't think you and I would ever threaten an actor based on a television show they performed in. No, you, you'll wonder about the lives of people that do, because I also follow professional wrestling, and they get a lot of it, and it's just like. It's, it's fiction. It's a work of fiction. There are writers involved. Why are you angry at the performers? Like, this isn't real life. I know. It's a tough thing. It's like, I understand, you know, you, you love a show, you're invested in a show. And I know, I think through social media and even more so for the Supernatural fans through the conventions that the guys yeah. do, like they, a lot of fans probably do feel like they quote unquote know them in a sense yeah. that you you wouldn't often equate with with a performer and fan dynamic but yeah no i definitely don't fall into that category and i think you got to have a separation and recognize like these are actors in an industry and they're not your friends it's and you don't job. <laughs> exactly i think i will say this and i i suspect maybe you had a similar feeling i, I was sad because it's like hollywood right is an industry known for its bs right and people are fake and phony and all that stuff but it seemed like these guys genuinely like had a, an actual friendship. Yeah. So it was sad to, you know, to see, I'm glad if they've, uh, you know, squashed the beef, but it was sad. It was sad to know that they might be on the outs. Well, I think also with, you know, I, I hate to throw everything in there with the pandemic, but you know, we don't know how often they communicated with the pandemic and they both have kids. So we don't know how often they're talking to each other, especially now that they're not, you know, on set with each other every day. So you can almost see, all right, well, they haven't been in contact. You know, they, you know, Jensen and his wife have been planning this. But again, like a simple even text saying, hey, we had this idea. We're going to see where it goes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's the thing. It wouldn't it wouldn't have taken much. The simple mistake that blew up. It's not like there was any ill will involved on anyone's part. Yeah. Well, we'll see what comes of it. I mean, according to the articles, there's a script commitment from the CW, but that's it. So we don't know if it'll, you know, make it to to pilot, make it to series. I mean, given, given, you know, the pedigree of Supernatural, the fact that Jensen's involved, clearly the CW has, you know, been a big supporter of the show over these years. I mean, I feel like there's a decent chance. Uh, but anyway, it was very, we especially with the uh, Wayward Sisters. Like Bloodlines, I think we agreed was terrible. Yeah, but Wayward Sisters, I think we both would have been happy if that had turned into a show. Yes. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. It's it's funny. So again, like this was really timely that all this news broke in advance of our recording because again, I know that's something you and I talked about a lot at the comic shop, and I don't think I ever told you this, but so my viewing of Supernatural, like varied a lot over the 15 years. I mean, the first few seasons I missed the boat on and then I caught up on DVD. Then I watched weekly for like a good few years. But then there were some of the later seasons where I just kind of like, I don't want to say fell out of it because my intention was always to to watch it, but I would let the episodes pile up and then I would later watch them on Netflix or something. 
But uh, going back to my son's birthday, I remember we were in the hospital and, you know, it's a, you, you wait a really long time. Well, not in every case, but in hours we did. Was, there was a lot of waiting before he came. <laughs> And I had like a couple seasons worth of Supernatural. <laughs> so I was in the, I mean, we were in the hospital and I was, you know, especially like at night when Steph had gone to, to sleep, like I was, I was watching episodes of Supernatural in advance of Milo being born. And then I remember one of the earliest nights when we were home with him and he wasn't sleeping or maybe he was only sleeping if I held him. It was something like that. And I was watching uh, Supernatural with him in my arms. And then, oh, see, it's all coming back to me. I had a dream. Oh, I had a dream. <laughs> You'll appreciate this. I had a dream that like I had to steal Archangel Grace for him. <laughs> and I did it. And I don't remember yeah. more of the specifics, but uh, yeah, the supernatural seeped into my dreams and merged with my new fatherhood. Well, at least you were watching that as it happened. Like that's why it seeped in. I would worry a little bit if you were like, yeah, I haven't watched a show in years and I had that dream. Yeah. And then I remember Steph was worried. She was like, you know, he like he'll that might traumatize him. Like if Supernatural's on in the background. And I'm like, I I think he's all right. And uh It's just noise at that point. Like he can't decipher it. Yeah. Uh but anyway, yeah, it was really fun. I've seen much worse. I've I've been to many a horror movie where like I think one of them was I saw one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. And saw someone wheel a baby carriage in. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen people like I just saw the third Conjuring movie. There was like a six year old in the in the crowd. Like I think you're you're I think Milo's going to be fine. I think he's fine. And again, for the record, he wasn't watching it. Like I, I I'm pretty sure he was asleep and I was holding him. But but it's funny enough. Yeah, like yeah, I, so he's weeks old at the point. I don't think he's. Anything's clicking, anything's sticking in there yet. I, I agree. But it was just so funny that, you know, between like watching on the iPad at the hospital and then again, like a couple of those early nights and early mornings too. I remember like waking up and like for one of his feedings or something. And then maybe he did go back to sleep, but I was up and I was like, I was watching, still catching up on Supernatural. So Supernatural like oddly played <laughs> a fairly yeah. prominent role in the earliest days of being a dad. <laughs> Well, did I ever tell you how I found the show? No. I found the show, believe it or not, it, it, it tunes in quite nicely. I was working as a security guard at a cemetery. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was working from, I believe, like 4 to midnight or like 4 to 11. And the like the television set in the like the office there got two channels, which was like ABC and the CW. So, like, I had choice between, like, My Wife and Kids with Damon Wayans or CW, which was showing Smallville and then this new show Supernatural. And since I, you know, knew Smallville for, like, a couple of seasons, so I'm like, all right, I'll catch up on that, see what I've missed. And then that led into Supernatural. I'm like, all right, this this is good. This this seems like this almost a spiritual follow-up to Buffy. Yes. Oh, I, I never knew that. That's really funny. Only two channels. You sound like Rich Roney. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this was the office at the cemetery. This wasn't my house. Yes. <laughs> I, I was, by the way, uh, rich is rich is wonderful. I, you know, and I've talked about this on, on other episodes, but, um, you know, I've, I've been doing, I've done a number of, uh, Superman episodes with him for, on my other show, digging for kryptonite. And it's like, you know, he and I, we talk weekly basically. And, uh, 
even absent the Superman stuff, it's like, I'm sure we, we would just talk about, you know, what's going on at work and in the world. And we would, you know, retell alternate reality stories and stuff yeah. like that. But having like having the Superman, like we've, it's a project that we're working on together as we're talking about what we're reading and what we're planning. And it's, it's been great. Cause it's like, with, you know, with the store ending, I think, you know, I, I guess maybe, I don't know if anyone shares this fear or, or worry, but like the idea that like all of our adventures have happened and now mm. it's like when we get together, it's like, oh, recounting them. And what's so cool about this is like, no, like this is new stuff that we're moving forward in and it's opened up a whole new pocket of our friendship. Like it's been great. But uh, yeah, he still has no Wi-Fi. So <laughs> I don't have to tell you that it's made doing remote podcasts a little challenging. <laughs> and uh, it's it, what'd you say? I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if he didn't get Wi-Fi. And so, you know, again, quick recap, I think people are well, are very familiar with Rich Roney by this point, beloved elder statesman of alternate realities, but he's, you know, he's in his sixties. He's, uh, he lives on his own. He works his full-time job, but he's, he, over the course of the pandemic until very recently, he was working fully remotely. And I feel like if he didn't get Wi-Fi during a pandemic, when you're stuck inside, <laughs> how did he work? Uh, via a hotspot on his phone. Wow. So, and that's how we did our remote podcast. There, the overall, it worked out well, but there were, there were, you know, when I do video podcasts, like for this, we're just doing audio, but when I do video podcasts, there's a platform I use that he, like when he clicks the link, it just doesn't work for him. Mm. And, <laughs> and his Wi-Fi, we, you know, it was a little choppier than other episodes with him, but not bad. Uh, but, but, but yeah, again, it all worked, but I just feel like, yeah, if you didn't get Wi-Fi in a pandemic, yeah. you never get yeah. it. Yeah. No. So but then again, I think if he hadn't had Wi-Fi for the decade prior, like when everyone else got it and it became commonplace. Yeah. I don't, I don't think even a pandemic could shake him out of his, uh, his ways. Yeah. And it's like, look, I know there are people who, I know there are, you know, you know, areas where, you know, it's an issue and, and, you know, it can be an access issue. Not everyone is, is able to get it, but generally speaking, I mean, I feel like it's such a, it's like a very basic at this point, right? Like you could assume point, yeah, someone has Wi-Fi. It, it's very weird. Like you and I have come are of the age where we've come up where we didn't have internet as little children. And then we got internet, it was dial-up, and like we've gotten all the way to Wi-Fi. And now it's gotten to the point where it's almost a necessity like electricity, water, heat. Like we can't fathom life without it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that if he didn't have the hotspot, that maybe he would have gotten it. Maybe. But I I, I don't know. But it's funny because it's like, you know, he knows like we all talk about all these, you know, the Marvel Disney plus shows or the stuff on HBO Max, like all these streaming shows based on the characters whose comics he's read his whole life. And even that's not enough for him to be like, Oh, like I might, cause even though he has his hotspot, he does not have an, an account with any of those streaming platforms. I, I'd almost gamble. Like I, I obviously don't know that. Does he still have like a tube TV, like the big square ones? So, you know, we've talked about this, but it's so, it's so bad. It's so, I don't, I don't even know the, the word for it. It's, <laughs> it's so striking to me that I don't mind rehashing it. 
he has he inherited from his mother a flat screen television that at this point is probably a pretty old flat screen television but he has one and he so he says never hooked it up and you know a number of us like chipped in and got him a blu-ray player one year years and years and years ago never hooked it up so what he has is is i remember that you guys also got him like a bunch of tv series on dvd right yep and so and but you're right he has a tube tv he has a rabbit ear television rabbit ears yeah if you showed that to someone in someone 20 someone 2021 right now they wouldn't know what the hell was going on yeah and he got it he um he used to travel so much for work and he rented cars so frequently from the same place that they it was a gift like Mm -hmm. the the, you know it was a you know um i don't know if this was like a thing they regularly gave out as a reward or they (laughs) he was such a regular customer that i i don't know but and this was in the 90s thousands car you get a tv yeah and so that's so that's what he has Uh, but i gotta tell you speaking of tube tvs so um for father's day uh my wife and i were at my my mother-in-law's in new jersey and uh i i think when i'm there it's uh it's an opportunity to have some things moved mm. and uh i'm happy to happy to oblige <laughs> that's what you get for lifting weights and getting strong <laughs> i realize that but i also you know what i always think of when uh I always think of Batman Begins. Remember the scene where he's trapped when the when the mansion is is burning, yeah. and Alfred is like, "What's the point of all those push-ups if you can't move a bloody log?" Yes. And so I think that to myself. I'm like, "All right, like, what's the what's the point of lifting all these weights then if you can't?" Do- okay. So, and it wasn't just me. It was my uh, my brother-in-law was there as well, and Steph's uncle. So we we had a, a little team of us. But there was, and I don't know the size of it, but it was big. It was a big tube TV. Mm. and uh it was in the basement and we had to carry it upstairs and take it to the curb and it's been a really long time since i've dealt with a tube tv they're heavy yeah (laughs) they're so heavy no one wants them we had what like probably we got rid of like our last tube tv probably six or seven years ago and we put it on on the the street corner in good weather, hoping someone would take it. Like a week or two went by, no one wanted it. And my parents were like, why isn't anyone taking the TV? I'm like, because it's a tube TV. It's heavy and everyone has flat screens now. Can I tell you something? You want to have your mind blown? Someone took it. Yeah. Someone took it. Uh, One of the neighbors came by. But, you know, we carried it up the stairs and there was really, could only just really be two of us with the space. Although actually my, this, Steph's uncle was still, he, he did help actually. I take that back. But my brother-in-law went up the stairs first backwards, uh, which is challenging. But the result is that the weight was really weight. all on me. It, it, it's a weird, it's the weird give and take where the person at the back gets all the weight. The person at the front has to walk backwards trying to balance that thing. Yeah. And it was this thing where I'm like, man, my life is really in your hands. And I was like, I braced myself and I was like, all right, like, this is what it's all been for. (laughs) We got it up and we got it, but it was, uh, it was challenging. But, um, but to your point, it's like, yeah, everyone has flat screens. And I mean, I remember the first flat screen I got, it was the end of high school. I think Mm -hmm. I got my first, it was a 32 inch and it was like expensive at the time, but like now you could get them for, you know, for so cheap. 
How did we get on these TVs? Oh, Rich Roney, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I kind I, of. I'll be honest, I haven't listened to the other podcast strictly because once I knew I was doing it, I was like, well, if I listen to it, it's going to like kind of spoil what questions I'll get or anything like that. So, See, but I, I haven't saved on my phone to listen. Oh, I appreciate that. Have you, did you ever watch my comic shop country? I actually watched it last week. Oh, good man. Oh, it I was on Amazon. So. Yes, it was. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I was, I, I I'm wondering what, what your next one's going to be. <laughs> I have I have some ideas for uh, for future pro- there's actually something that's kind of cooking right now that's not even a documentary something a little different uh, oh. but I do have I do have ideas for uh, for future projects though they don't expect that they will continue to be comic shop related I feel like well I I, I had my own thought if, you, if you're taking uh, unsolicited advice sure um, well it seemed like you started with the community that started around one store then the community that started around different stores what about the community that starts at conventions from the different stores? Yes. So the idea of, co- that's definitely something that's, that's crossed my mind as far as, uh, as far as conventions. Just a logical leap in, in your trilogy. Yes, that's true. Well, I appreciate you watching. And uh, yeah, if you listen to the other episodes, I, you know, I hope you'll enjoy. That's actually, so that's, a, I guess, a good segue. Cause I was going to ask like, to what extent have you kept in touch with people over these past few years? Not, not really. Like, obviously on Facebook, you get the birthday wishes, but it was really my own fault because, um, obviously, you know, when my mother passed a few years back, shortly after that, I moved to Maine. Unfortunately, I was still dealing with that. And I didn't realize a lot of people did not know I moved. Like I had assumed I had told everybody. And it turns out, like, I I think one of the first times I came back to visit and went out to dinner with you guys, people were like, where have you been? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, like, it's been my own fault being up in Maine and just not keeping in touch with everyone. So, really not that much. All right. I will. I want to pick that back up. Let's just take a quick commercial break and then uh, we'll, we'll continue this uh, this conversation. So we'll be right back. If you enjoy this show, please make sure you subscribe, rate and review. I also hope you'll consider joining my Patreon community. The support of my patrons enables me to produce this podcast and patrons get rewards, too, including exclusive episodes, advanced listens and more. Sign up today and get instant access to the back catalog. Visit patreon.com slash Anthony Desiato. Thank you to all of my patrons. I truly appreciate your support. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out this family of film festivals, Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On to Your Shorts and Cullen on Film podcasts Available via a shared universe network. The The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. And we're back here with Steve Ryan. Um, so 
you know, I know you, you mentioned your, your mom passing and, you know, I was so sorry for your loss and what you went through. And, um, I, I think that was probably one of, one of the last times that I saw you was, uh, yeah. was that, was at her wake. And I think that, I think Steph was pregnant at the time. Was this 2019? Uh, this, this was 2017. Oh, it was that long ago? All right. So yeah. then I take that back. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I remember seeing you there and then, cause when, how, cause you moved short, like how long after that did you move? That, my mom's, uh, passed in April. So the wake was in April and probably by September was when we moved up to Maine. Gotcha. You know what I'm thinking of? I think sadly was, uh, with Jay Mizell's wife, um, passed. I think Steph was pregnant then when we went to that, um, that service. But, and, and I also, I want to thank you cause, um, and I don't think I've even talked about this on the show, but, uh, Steph sadly lost her dad, um, over Thanksgiving of, of last year. And, uh, you and I exchanged some texts and, uh, you, you were very kind and gave some, uh, some good advice as to, you know, what, what she would be going through. And so I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, of course. so I mean, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I mean, it was, I had a few friends that had gone through losing a parent that were the ones that got me through it. So now like I take it as a responsibility. So when one of my friends loses one, I know what they're going to go through and I know what advice to give and even what advice to give, you know, their friends and family who need kind of help. Cause it's a, it's a very awkward situation to deal with. Like, how do you approach that? Yeah. Uh, so no, that, that was very much, uh, very much appreciated. And then, so yeah, so then what, uh, what prompted the move to Maine? You had, uh, you had folks up there? Well, what happened was my parents had, uh, just retired and started having a house built. And at that point was when my, like the house was already starting to be built. That's when my mom got sick and passed and my dad felt, well, let's, let's still give it a try. And as we were moving, I didn't feel it was right to kind of like, well, I'll stay here. You go through you an entire house worth of things, all her things, and just you can sort through it all. So I obviously, and at that point, I didn't have a job. So I went up with him and we were up there for probably about three years until the pandemic hit. And we were like, we both had the conversation, like we felt too far away from friends and family. Like, I mean, I kept up with all of you guys through thankfully Facebook, so, like, I knew when Steph was pregnant and when you guys had Milo, but there's still that disconnect of just, like, I missed seeing you guys. And, unfortunately, I came back in the middle of the pandemic, so, like, we haven't had any Saturday dinners where I can come back and, you know, see everyone, but I'm looking forward to that hopefully happening soon. Yeah, for sure, because you're, you don't have to give your address, but you're in Connecticut now, right? Yeah, Trumbull, Connecticut. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um and so, yeah, because I mean, I, I mean, we, you and I have not had a ton of contact. Again, like some texts and, and obviously Facebook. Uh, but so, what did you? Yeah, probably you more than anyone else have I've been in contact with. So oh, really? That shows the limited amount of contact. Yeah, no, because I again, I know you had said before it was you know mostly via Facebook with with the other guys, um, like even Odo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you were in Maine for those few years, what, what, <laughs> what did you do? Like, what was, what was life like up there? It, it was nice. It was, a, it's a, a, it was a beach town, Ogonquit. So, you know, it's a nice summer town. Um, and eventually I got a job up there at, uh, FYE, which was a local movie music store. And 
yeah, I mean that I can't say I did much else. Like I had friends come up and visit, but really it was just me and my dad up there. And eventually we're like, we, we, we need other people. We need other people in our lives. So let's go back to where our friends and family are. Yeah, no, I mean that, that makes sense. I've, I've never been, I've heard, uh, I've heard lovely things. I know my mom's cousin, like they live, they, they live in Maine and my mom's gone to visit them and it's, you know, supposed to be really nice there. I've, I've never been. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's very nice if you're an outdoorsy person, because like I said, we lived in a beach town, but if you drive 20 minutes in one direction, you'll be in the mountains. You'll be, you can find the woods. Like you can find really any kind of environment you're looking for, but I'm not an outdoorsy person. So it really had very little effect on me. Right. Uh, Any comic shops that you went to there? There was one that uh, in New Hampshire, which was right near where I worked, that I will not name out of kindness because that's because it was close to work. That's where I got a pull list and really I only had two comics on there. I had Captain America, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of and hack slash, which I'm also a huge fan of. That's two books. They still managed to screw me, screw up my, like uh, my pull at least every, like once every three or four months. And they would call me like every two or three months and I'm like, I have two books. The most that could be in my folder is like six books. Why are you calling me to tell me to pick up my books? Like, I, I know the file is not that big. Right. But even still, like, I would, I would go there and it would be like, Captain America, 13, 15, 16. Wait, there, there's a number missing. Like, how, how do you screw up just two books? Like, I, I, I have professional pride in the fact that I don't think we did that at alternate. Like, like we might have missed one, but usually, if we missed one, it was in someone that got like thirty books a week. Well, and I, I'll, I will give this to Sco. I guess that, I mean, the the way he did the polls, right? Where, you know, he would have right. It was each title, right? It was by title, and then the number of the the file reservists who got, like, all the file reservists who got Amazing Spider Man would be like their numbers yep. would be listed, right? Yep. And so, and he would have the tally of how many he needed of that title for the, for the file cabinet. So, and so if he had one left over at the end, he knew he he missed somebody. So there was that, that built in check there. Uh, So I will give him that. I'm sure that I'm, I know, I'm sure that especially burned you having worked at a comic shop. Did you ever like, did you ever talk to them and tell them that you worked at a store and all that? Uh, I did at the start and it was like, oh yeah, nice. And then it was just kind of (laughs) like. (laughs) <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. So clearly just, just smile and nod and move along. I, well, you know, cause that's the thing. And, uh, y- you know, we, we touch on this briefly in the, do- in the new documentary, but obviously it's more about, you know, what, what comic shops can do in a positive way, but you know, not, not every shop is welcoming and not every shop, you know, yeah. ha- well, you know, is, is really keen, I guess, on having those conversations that you know that we all enjoyed so much so uh you know but at least you had at least you had a place where you could get most of your the issues you needed (laughs) now are you still do you have a place now where you are in connecticut i haven't i haven't picked one yet i just recently um you know obviously my friend joe uh who was alternate's last unofficial employee uh he and i went to jersey and I got some back issues there, but haven't I haven't picked a store now. I'm tempted to go back to Cave Comics because I know they're close to me. 
And I saw them in your documentary. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And actually, but the owner, the owner who was interviewed in that, uh, Pat, he has since retired. Mm. And I don't, I think it was one of the workers who took over. I don't know. I've not been in touch and I haven't been there, but, uh, but yeah, that's definitely an, a, a nice shop. Yeah. Would you, is I it mean, still the I, same couple I books? Frequently, I could probably go either that or to, to Paul's spider web or, oh yeah, even still just, it's just a matter of when I feel like, cause like I said, I get one book and I don't think they're especially hard to track down. So. Right. You still like the physical though, right? You haven't gone digital. No, I haven't gone digital yet. Yeah. But I mean, that's, so you, I mean, because I have like, set like a bunch of back issues i'm looking to like unload and get rid of and i'm like D- i do i just keep accumulating these like cap i probably will always accumulate but if i have any desire to read new stuff i'm like digital is is tempting but just from a storage capacity that's the thing man it always comes down to that space um but so like so being down to like one or two titles i mean so you've really like scaled back a lot then right over the past few yeah. years yeah ever since the store closed really and but it's also a dynamic of four dollars an issue has become average price and it's a 20 minute read so it's just i don't know how sustainable that is for me in terms of like price versus how much i enjoy it right uh and then so okay so you're back in connecticut so how long have you been back now a few Um, few months yeah, since uh, probably October is when we moved in. Okay. And so still, I know we talked about this off mic a little bit, but so still looking for uh, for a job? Yes. And like I said, I had an interview today. Well, hopefully that'll go well. Yeah. It's our, well, it's already led to a second interview, so hopefully that'll go well. Yeah, no, fingers crossed for sure. And uh, and so, I mean, how else are you spending your time? Uh, a lot more socialization, at least for the people who are willing to socialize. So I, I do get out and see uh, friends, but just getting out, running errands, job hunting, really, that takes up a good amount of time. And I just, you know, watching TV, playing video games. I just rewatch all of Key and Peele, so on HBO Max. Well, you might have a new Supernatural show soon. And if you ever do a rewatch, I mean, 15 seasons, man, I'll keep you, I'll keep you busy. I've I've been tempted to get the giant. Have you seen the giant Blu-ray box set? Yeah, like I'm I'm tempted because like I knew I eventually stopped collecting the seasons. So I'm like, well, eventually they're gonna do like I think probably around season six was the last one I bought. I'm like, well, eventually they're gonna do a nice box set. I didn't know they would go for nine more years. <laughs> like this this is a box set that's gonna rival the, like I think only the Simpsons could surpass it at this point. It's hilarious because I remember you and I talking about this all the time, right? For people who aren't familiar, the uh, the original creator of the show, Eric Kripke, he left at the end of season five and he completed his five season arc, right? And that was originally going to be the end of the show, but then they kept going and they had different showrunners in the subsequent seasons. But I remember you and I talking as the show got into like, you know, season seven, eight, nine, when they were coming up on 10. And I remember us saying like, wow, can you imagine like that initial apocalypse arc, those, that five season arc, that's only going to be half the show. Little yeah. did we know a third of the show. Yeah. <laughs> like the original documented, like what he had planned was a third of what they eventually went with. 
Yeah, it's so funny. But like again, going back to Supernatural, like that made me think of you re- just these past couple of days. And then uh, another thing, too, that popped up in my Facebook memories, one of the only things, I think, that you and I ever did, just us, because obviously mm. we worked at the store together and we went to the group dinners and all that stuff. But the I think the one thing you and I did was we went to see Foreigner and Journey at yep, Jones Beach. Yep. Yeah, right, and Night Ranger. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That's a great venue. Have you been there for other concerts? You have, right? Uh, like one or two, I think, probably around the same time you and I went. But yeah. yeah it's, well, it's all dependent on the weather, too. So it's like, but we always lucked out with the weather. Yeah, that but was that, good. Yeah, really good, a lot of fun. I only remember Night Ranger because they have the one very big song. And then, like, I think it was like the drummer from Journey wanted to play it. So I'm like, that, that's got to feel so bad for the guy from Night Ranger. It's like, all right, I'm going to do our big song in front of the... Nope, nope, the guy from Journey wants to do it. Never mind. Uh, yeah, 100%. But that was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm not like a huge concert goer, but that was really great. I mean, my main... Well, one of the memories with that was I remember I was sick. I think I had a sinus infection in the days leading up to it. And it got real close where I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to go. And I willed myself to health and I, and I was okay. And, and we made it there. The other thing I remember is you drove graciously you you drove and i I had never been in the car with you and i mean man you went all out i mean like windows down music but blasting do you still drive like that yeah yeah (laughs) have have you always driven like that yeah it's it's one of those things like i think of every now and again like do other people do this like (laughs) (laughs) like i don't get in the car like i get in the car i will turn on the engine, put on my seatbelt, put on music. Like I never drive without music. And like, I don't understand people who do like to just, you, you just sit and enjoy the quiet or like, are you hearing the the sounds of the other cars? Like for the, for the odd time, I don't have music for if my phone isn't working or whatnot. And I'm just like, is that, is, is that what the engine's supposed to sound like? Is that, is that okay? <laughs> like I'm hearing all these sounds for the first time. I will say, like, we almost, whether we're driving together or I'm just by myself, like, the radio is basically always on. Uh, mm-hmm. Not at the volume that, that you enjoy, but it is on. And, but it's funny because every now and then, we like, we won't, like, rarely we won't have it on. And we'll kind of have, we'll be like, oh, like, we'll hear the noise of the car. And we'll be like, is that normal? Like, so exactly mm-hmm. what you described is the thought process. Uh, but speaking of music, you will appreciate. So uh, Milo and I, we do enjoy a lot of music together it's funny because it's like now you know he's he'll, he'll be two very shortly and um he doesn't love like just being held all the time if he's in a situation that is unfamiliar like if we're around a stranger then he'll then he'll want to be held although again that's been exceedingly rare in the pandemic but even like outside if we're with you know if we're near other people like he'll want to be held but like at home not not a ton but we have like when we listen to music, like he'll let me uh, hold him and we'll and I like to think that I'm giving him a good music education. There's been a lot of uh, classic 80s uh, in there um, with with some current hits as well. I won't lie. But uh, and Steph has him covered with all the Disney stuff and Broadway and everything. But I with the, the classic rock. Well, you, you got to have your foundation. You got to have you, obviously I think we all grew up on Disney music and just whatever was in our favorite Disney movie. So I think that's fundamental, but it's also just whatever our parents put into it. It's like, I've got a lot of oldies in me just like listening to like stuff from the fifties, sixties, seventies. And like people look at me like, 
you listen to that? Like, this is all stuff from before you were born. I'm like, yeah, but it's all good. Yeah, no, it's, uh, exactly. Um, but uh, was I, I was going to oh, so one of the things, you know, we, uh, we've done some REO Speedwagon, and uh, of course they were featured in, uh, fairly prominently, right, in, uh, in Cobra Kai, and I thought of you, you must be watching and enjoying Cobra Kai. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. It really is. I'd say, like, I'll, I've been get, watching most of these, uh, like, the the new, like, I'm trying to think of what the right word is, but, like, the seasons of television show that continue old movies. Mm-hmm. But I think the only one I haven't watched is The Mighty Ducks yet. So. But, yeah, no, Cobra Kai has been amazing, and I've been loving it. Yeah, I uh, and I'm not even a big karate kid guy. I don't. I'm not against it, but it just was never like a huge thing for me. And I, you know, heard such great things about the show, and I'm like, how good could this thing be? And it's it's like my favorite show. It's so good. <laughs> well, it's good because it it appeals to people who loved it, but you don't have to like have like you don't have to be an obsessive fan to really enjoy it. Because like I enjoyed the Karate Kid. It like it didn't go much further than that. Like I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite movie, but watching this, I really enjoyed it, and I liked the characters, and I liked that there's the original characters, and that they're getting everybody back. But I like that the, there are new characters too that you can kind of. I I think the only problem I have with that show is do do police not exist in that town? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you're caught up as a fan. You, you've watched all the way through. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. That last scene where they break into Daniel's house and all the teenagers fight. That's like breaking and entering an assault. Like they, that's prison time for all of those kids. And it's like, but no, we'll finish this in the dojo. Yes, I agree. I feel like really like that last season in particular was really pushing it as far as that goes. But other than that, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I know we're talking about comics and, um, you know, like still liking the actual issues and not reading digitally. So over your shoulder there, we're doing this over Zoom. I see what appears to be the DVD collection or a part of it. Part of it. <laughs> that, that's the horror part of it. Okay. Yeah. So are you still, but, are you yeah, still getting no, physical I'm media? I'm a firm believer in physical media. Like, And the funny thing is I had this conversation with my dad a couple of days ago because the internet went out and they like, they said, this is a planned outage, something, you know, it'll be fixed. It'll be out for probably about three hours. And I'm like, this is why I still have physical media. So I still have something to do and something to watch at this point. Like, I don't like relying on the internet. I know. I, I understand. I mean, I've gone back and forth over the years and I've, I mean, I have sold like the bulk of my, like my TV on DVD collection I was actually going to ask, because I remember you actually having, like, that being your primary go-to in terms of what you would, uh, you would always get the seasons when they would come out. Ultimately, I think what happened was, um, I, I just, because I, I used to, you know, for a show that I liked, I would watch it as it aired, and then I would buy mm-hmm. the season on DVD and rewatch it and watch all the special features. And it just got to a point that between, like, all the shows out there now and just a lack of time that wasn't happening anymore. So it was like, I don't really, I'm not, I don't have the time to rewatch this stuff. So I don't really need to buy it. And then again, like everything 
virtually, you know, is on one of these streaming platforms, of course, it's not a guarantee they always will be. And yes, if the internet goes out, you don't have it. So I do get it. Well, also, I'm also, it, it hits me harder as a horror fan because a lot isn't on streaming. Like I, I, there have been times when I've wanted to watch something and it's like, I will search and none of the streaming channels have it. And that happens with movies and it happens with television shows. So that's why I'm like, no, I firmly believe I still, I, I want to own it because like the amount of times I've gone to search for something and it's like, no, it's, it's not available for like, I have pretty much all of the streaming apps, but certain things like I will look for it and it'll be like, do you remember the show human target? Yeah. The Mark Valley one on Fox. Yeah. 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 Not streaming anywhere. And like, I don't even think they ever put the second season out on DVD. Second season wasn't great, but like, I remember like, I kind of want to rewatch that and I have it, but I'm like, is the second season like watchable? Nowhere, nowhere to be found. And it's like, this is a, it's a war of the show based on a DC property. Shouldn't it be on HBO max? Don't get, oh my God, don't get me started with this. So I'm, so I'm with you on this. Uh, so DC, right. They have their own app right now. It's just a comics reader, but when it started, it had TV shows and movies as well. Yeah, Cause it had Harley Quinn and Titans, right? Yeah. And it had a number of, of classic shows, right? Their library. They had the George Reeves adventures of Superman and the adventures of Superboy show and Lois and Clark stuff that as a Superman fan, it was nice to have real quick, easy access to. And when they switched to purely a comics reader, a good number of their shows and movies migrated to HBO Max under their DC hub, but not those shows that I mentioned. And it's like, it's dri- it drives me nuts. And so I actually just bought uh, via Amazon and eBay. I just bought um, all the seasons of Adventures of Superman and Superboy. And I don't feel too bad because I had actually never owned them before. And I got them at a good price, but they're all like a number of them are, are out of print. Yeah. Uh but so, and it's like, they might make their way onto HBO Max. I hope they do. I hope they do. But it's like, if they don't, or if they do, and then they disappear again, at least I know I have them. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't mind streaming shows. Like I said, I just finished watching Key and Peele. Like, for me, streaming is, streaming is the backup. Streaming is just like, okay, I'm lazy. I don't feel like changing the disc out. So I'll watch it streaming. But I'd rather have it just in case. Because, I mean, you've heard, you've heard stories of, like, people losing their rights or certain shows, like, they'll put them out right after the season airs. And then just be like, oh, we lost the music rights. So we can never air this show again because of the music rights. And it's like, oh, what about the, like, either solve it or do something because people want to watch that show. Yeah. I will say, though, that as much as I sold a lot of stuff, I kept Smallville I kept How I Met Your Mother. I kept The Office. So it's like, and I think ultimately that's what it comes down to for me. It wasn't like, I'm fine with streaming. I'm getting rid of everything. It was like, no, I mean, the stuff that I like am not comfortable risking <laughs> losing access to, that's the stuff that that uh, yeah. I'll keep. You know what's funny though? I was thinking about this. I, I don't know if you were a Friends fan or not. I was. I like the first couple of seasons. I, I kind of lost interest. I didn't enjoy it at, at a certain point. Uh, I felt the characters kind of became, I forget there was a term for it. Oh, they call it the flanderization of characters. And it's where a character that is like 
smart, like early seasons, the character is well developed, gets kind of dumbed down to one specific characteristic. Like they call it the Flanderization because Ned went from like a normal neighbor that went to church, but he was also kind of jealous and he kind of didn't like Homer, but he would kind of put up with him. And it kind of degraded until just he was Churchy McChurcherson. Okay. And that happened a lot with friends where it was like Joe, like Chandler went from normal guy that, you know, had the one liners to sarcastic guy. Joey went to dumb guy. You know, Ross went to just awful person. <laughs> you know, Monica was like OCD and Rachel was kind of just dits. And Phoebe was just weird. Like they just got dumbed down to the one characteristic. I can't argue. I can't argue that. I think. I mean, I think you see that in a lot of sitcoms, but but I think yeah. it is especially pronounced there. And uh, yeah, where you you know what what they see is playing to the audience. Like that's what they zero in on. But I agree, it does reduce the the dimensions of the character. But yeah. I but I bring up Friends going back to this idea of streaming because, uh, you know, they did a short lived Joey spinoff. Yeah. Right, that only lasted two seasons, and I watched the first season. It wasn't great, but it was okay. And then I, I think I don't think I even watched much of the second season. And the second season never even finished airing in the United mm. States. It aired in other countries, though. That's not streaming anywhere. Yeah, and I, I really have this theory that you know, obviously, Friends on Netflix and now on HBO Max, right, has been such a huge thing, right? It's caught this whole up, the whole second wind, right, where everyone is is watching it on streaming. I really think that if Joey were available, it would be a thing now because I yeah. feel like people would look because it really, I think it re flew relatively under the radar and didn't last long and not all the episodes aired and people are like so hard up for friends now that I feel like they would be like, it's like, it's not friends, but it's close enough that it'd be like new well, friends. I think, I think the problem with the show probably was the fact that like people were watching like this is, this isn't friends with just a couple of new characters. No, it's it's a whole new thing, and it was probably very good to what for what it was, but because it wasn't Friends, people didn't watch. I think, like you said, if it were to, available to watch now, it could probably stand on its own merit. But and like you said, Friends went from Netflix to uh, HBO Max, and that is another problem I have with the whole streaming thing. It's like, yeah, great, the thing I want to watch is available on Amazon now. What happens when it goes on to another one, and I have to subscribe to that one? And then subscribe to a different one, and like how how many how many of these subscription services are there going to be until they eventually group them all together, and that's just new cable. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's inevitable uh, with their with the direction it's going in. Um, but yeah, but anyway, I I just I have this theory with Joey. I really feel like they're missing an opportunity here because I really think it would it would I don't know. I just feel like whether it's out of curiosity or just it's like something new friends adjacent to watch. So mark my words, you'll see. <laughs> it'll have a comeback. Yeah. And I'm not even saying like, oh, it'll have a revival. I just, I'm not saying they would do new episodes. I'm just saying like, if those existing two seasons were out there, I don't know. I think there would be an appetite for it in a way that there wasn't when it originally aired. That's all. Yeah. Do you follow so the arrow? Timed. Yeah. Uh, do you follow the Arrowverse stuff, or are you not into that? Uh, I did up until probably a few years ago. Like, I think that season four or five of Arrow, season two of Flash. The only one I'm still watching religiously is uh, Legends, because that's the only one that's still fun. 
I, I will admit I'm a, over a season behind, but it, it is one of my favorites. One of, but it is behind Superman and Lois, which I don't know if you've checked that out yet. I haven't yet. It is. I can't. And I know, obviously, I'm a Superman fan. You would, you would expect me to like it, but I went in with a lot of skepticism. Honestly, yeah. like I really was just like, it's another Arrowverse thing. Like it's treading on the Smallville show. Like I, and it's, I can't get over how good this show is. So I would definitely recommend that. Yeah. Like I think I, I probably, I probably will. I know I should. It was just that like each one, each of the Arrowverse shows kind of hit a point where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Like Arrow, when it changed the supporting cast and it got rid of Thea and Roy and brought in like wild dog and new black canary. And it's like, they really expected us to like these characters as much as the old. It's like, no, it didn't work. All right. Moving along flash. I don't know. It it's, it got to too many points. Like, did you ever watch the show Dexter? Only the first season. Well, for Dexter, the whole, you obviously know the whole thing is like, he's a serial killer who kills killers but he's got his own certain set of rules that he has in place to make sure he doesn't get caught. And every season was the exact same thing where he'd break one of his rules. And that would be like the inciting event that causes the whole season of him almost getting caught. And I'm like, it's the exact same thing with flash where it's like, he has certain things he should not do. And yet every season, it's just like, he's going to do something stupid. And it's like, you've created your own problem here. Like I gave up the season when his, his daughter came from the future and was working with um, reverse flash. And it was just like, really? No one, no one's going to talk about this. Really? Um, Supergirl, I felt like got very political and, but legends was always just fun. But I think what works for Superman and Lois is, that was perfect casting because the guy they got for Superman was perfect and they has good chemistry with the, the woman who plays Lois. Yeah. And it's, it's a, uh, it really is a family show, you know, it's yeah. like, cause there, and so, most of the episodes have had a fair amount of Superman action, but there was, there was at least one like pretty early on where he was only in costume for like two brief scenes and it worked. And that, and that was early on. And I was like, oh, like this is so like, this really is good as just a family drama. And if you stripped away the superhero stuff, it's great. You know, because he has like, I remember at least in the, when I left the Arrowverse, Lois was pregnant and that he has two kids like catch me, like, I'm, but they're teenagers. Yeah. So in the, like leading up to crisis and during crisis, they have a baby son and mm -hmm. at the end of crisis, they have two teenage sons. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is pandemic related or what, but we really haven't got any explanation as of this recording <laughs> as to like exactly when in the timeline this takes place. I mean, I, I believe they've said, I mean, it's not been established really within the show itself, but I believe that like producers have said it, it's the same earth now that the other Arrowverse shows are on, but it could very well be its own um, because it's really done its own thing. And I hope I'm like knowing the CW and knowing the Arrowverse, it's like, I feel like it's just a matter of time before we get into the crossovers and all that. But all I want for this show is to stay in its own little pocket because it's, it can, I don't really see a crossover helping this show. 
I just feel like it'll bog it down. Are you are you talking about the show or every comic book we've ever loved? I mean, <laughs> I know honestly, like, uh, and uh, in all fairness, you know, in the past, like with uh, like when Flash and uh, Arrow crossed over. Oh, no, I did like that. I mean, it's not like I hate crossovers generally, but I, the Arrowverse really wore thin with me, and I just feel like the show is doing so great on its own; it just doesn't need it. No, like I, I make that joke in reference, like the fact that I remember so many comics we were reading at the time would be like, there's a perfect storyline going on, but Oh no, we have the newest crossover. We have to like, so we have to stop what we're doing here. We're do the crossover and maybe we'll come back to that or maybe we'll change writers. So it's just like, yeah, I get it. Like certain things just work are working perfectly in their own little world. And you don't want them to just kind of like have to dance to someone else's tune for lack of a better term. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we talked about a bunch of stuff. I know you're also a big movie goer, so this must have been real tough over the past year. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think the last movie I saw in theaters before the pandemic was Sonic the Hedgehog, which I really enjoyed. And, you know, I had to, I had to go cold turkey with no movies in theaters till I think, November. And just that, like, I had to wear the mask and everything, but Connecticut had open theaters, and I got to see, like, The Exorcist for, like, the first time in 10 years uh, on in the big screen. And now I've gotten to go pretty regularly to the movies, so. But, yeah, I miss that so much. Yeah, it's, uh, the last movie we saw was, uh, was our Valentine's Day outing, uh, 2020. We saw Birds of Prey. Not a great movie to go out on. I mean, you, you might, you know, your mileage on that movie may differ. I know some people liked it. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't, I didn't love it. And it definitely wasn't the movie I would have wanted to like take a big yeah. pause on. Uh, and as of this recording, I mean, we've not been back. Uh, Fast nine is, yeah. is out. And uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do to be honest. Cause I really do want to see it. Uh, no, but I know, so now you're, I know you, you just like myself, right? You love Alamo draft house. Yeah. And hopefully by the time this episode comes out, Alamo will have reopened. I, I believe I read like first week in August. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. I, I do look forward to going back to the movies again. I, you know, I mentioned before, like, right. Like I enjoy concerts, but I'm not a regular concert goer, but I do love the movies and I do love to go. So that's been, I, I mean, I, it doesn't keep me up at night. It's like I'm ha- like I'm content enough, especially you know HBO Max, right? Like they've been doing the simultaneous releases for stuff, and yeah. it's like if I'm able to watch it from home, like I'm okay with that. But I I do enjoy the experience, and I I do look forward to going back. Well, I think certain certain movies, and like I've had this discussion with other friends, like certain movies require a theatrical experience, and you're seeing that now with what's being produced, like you don't see many romantic comedies coming out into theaters. You don't see many mid-level comedies coming out into theaters. Even like a lot of action movies are going straight to Netflix. They had the, the one with Charlize Theron, the old guard, they had the one with Chris Hemsworth. that was really good that I can't remember the name of, but just certain movies, like if they don't require the audience, they'll go straight to like a streaming service, but you know, your Marvels, your Star Wars, your DCs, you know, your a lot of horror movies. Certain movies just require audience participation. 
they need that theatrical experience, which is why I don't think theaters will ever fully go away. They'll, they'll, they're going to probably keep shrinking to some degree, but it's never going to go away completely. The, the communal experience for that, it, it'll become like concerts. It'll be, you know, it'll be a special occasion you go out, but hopefully it'll still be commonplace to go to the theater. Well said, my friend. Amen. So you're in Connecticut. You're back after after years in Maine. You, uh, you got a lead on a on a job. Hopefully that pans out. Uh, sh- pull list is very minimal, but you're thinking about uh, maybe Cave Comics or maybe making the periodic trip to to Spider's Web or Oh Yeah. Really have not kept in touch with the AR gang other than me, I guess, uh, and yeah. and and Facebook. Uh, but open to uh, a gathering when when we're able to do that again. Absolutely. I, I, I heard from Drew a little while back and just caught up with him uh, quickly. But yeah, but again, like even still, I didn't really, I didn't have much of a texting or like daily conversation with anyone, even when I was working at the store, because usually people would just come into the store and like, we'd all just, I knew I would see people on Saturday. So it's, it's something kind of got to get into the habit of, but hopefully once everyone gets together. I mean, look, it's been a theme on these episodes where it's like we all miss each other and we all wish there was more contact and there could be more contact, right? But yeah, especially now where it's open up, it's, you know, things are opening up. We we can go to a restaurant again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like Rich Roney does call a number of us regularly. Like he, he, I mean, to his credit, like he, you know, he does make that effort. I know for a lot of us, I think it's just sort yeah, of like- yeah, <laughs> he's never rich is not going to text. Although he, I tell you, man, the first time I got a text from him, I was like, I could not believe it. And I will occasionally get it. And he does sign it. Uh, he does sign it as, as you might expect. Uh, usually like it'll be the RR. He won't do the, he won't do his full name, but we'll get the RR. Love that guy. Uh, but is there, is there anything else that, uh, that you wanted to talk about that we didn't? I was actually, it, it, it's not my wheelhouse, but I was curious as to what your thought on the uh, the Snyderverse, uh, the Justice League, the four hour epic. I got a two hour, two and a half hour podcast on it if you if you want the full version. But I'll, I just I loved it, and uh, and I'm gonna get your take on it too. But oh, I loved it, and going back to the experience of watching, it's like no, it wasn't in the theater. But I got to tell you, I mean, I I waited until this thing came out at three a.m. Eastern time, and I watched it from three to seven. That that's what I did with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, good man. Like I would say, I would stay up. I'm like, I'm not letting the internet spoil this for me. I'm gonna stay up and watch it. Exactly. So for me, it was that, and it was so I didn't want it spoiled. I was truly very excited, and uh, again, like with a two year old waking up at seven seven thirty, it was like I just I, I could. That was the the earliest that I could have. You know, a um, like a you know a four hour window to myself where I could watch it. And it was just, it was such a, it was a really, it was a, a movie viewing experience that, that I won't soon forget. I really enjoyed Did you watch it? I have not. I'll be honest. I did not enjoy really any of Snyder's take on the DCU. So I did not think like an extended version would, I didn't think that would make it better. Like I didn't enjoy man of steel. I saw, half like the last half of batman versus superman and i saw the the mixed cut of justice league but i just i don't like his take on the universe and i don't think that's gonna change like i don't i don't think a longer cut will change that 
you know what? And that's fair. And that's the thing. Like, and I've said this to people with, um, even before this, the Snyder cut of justice league with, uh, the ultimate edition of Batman V Superman, that's a half hour longer. And it's like, if you really are just not into this take on the universe, it's like, yeah, I don't think this will necessarily change your mind. I, but I do think like, if you're, if you're kind of mixed, I think it, it, I mean, I know that they're the, the ultimate edition and the Snyder cut, they are improvements on the original, but it's like, if you're just so not on board to begin with, yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't say like, Hey, you need to sit down and watch four hours of this. I wouldn't. Yeah. And I, like, I, I wouldn't say they're bad. Like I say, they're not for me. Cause I, I hate when people say like, Oh, that's terrible. No, you, you just didn't enjoy it. It was well-made. You just didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy his take on it. The movies themselves are well-made. I think Henry Cavill is an excellent Superman, but I would have liked to have seen something more akin to maybe the Richard Donner, even the, um, the Superman returns. Like I thought um, Brandon Roth was an excellent Superman. He just got stuck in a bad movie. Right. And see, like, so I'm the opposite where it's like, I enjoyed the Donner movie for, for, you know, for its time. And I, I, there's a lot that I love about it, but I was happy for a different take, but like, I get what you're saying and I respect that. And it's like, yeah, you're, I wouldn't like, again, I wouldn't like try to twist your arm and be like, you gotta watch this. It's like, you know, it, it, you know, it, uh, it is what it is, but, uh, but I, you can be respectful about saying, I don't enjoy that. It's not for me. And you, and like you, you show, you can be respectful and say, I understand that that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. People can be civil about this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but listen, you know, what was so, I mean, I've enjoyed all of these episodes in their own way and it's been great reconnecting with everyone. One of the things that I love so much about this was, uh, honestly, like even if we weren't recording and putting this out, I feel like this is basically the conversation that we would have had anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't think you've had to reach too far for for any any of our topics. Like, really? So what's 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 we going? No, nope, this is this is essentially the conversation we'd have if we were sitting at the store, sitting next to each other. Yeah, very much so. So for anyone who's like, oh man, I wonder what it was like, like when you guys were behind the counter, you just heard it for an hour. That yeah. was it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is literally just us yesing for as long as we're together. Just like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, listen, Steve Ryan, man, it was really was good to see you virtually, and yeah. uh, and I'm glad we got to catch up. I mean, this is the the longest we've spoken, yeah. like actually spoken in years at this point. <laughs> I do have one more question. I see it yes. behind you. How's your pop collection? Uh, vastly smaller, <laughs> vastly <laughs> smaller. Uh, but I kept the stuff that, uh, that meant the most, just like with the DVDs, I kept the stuff that, uh, that meant the most to me. Well, geez, it sounds like you've got some sort of new person in your life that is taking up a lot of room and a lot of your time and energy and money. I, you know, I mean, it's like we, we have more space now than ever cause we moved, but it's still not unlimited. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's also too, just like, I, I, I mean, I've always been like this though. I mean, year, like going back years, like with trade paperbacks and with DV, like I will always periodically prune. I think it's, I don't know if it's like almost like an OCD thing. Like I don't like having things that I, I don't think I'm going to go back to or, you know, or stuff like that. So I'm no stranger to doing that, but it's like, yeah, now that we're in the place where I expect we'll be for the foreseeable future and I know the amount of space that I have to work with, it's just like, okay, like I, I know what I'm working with and I can kind of pare it down to what, again, what means the most to me and what I really want to have. Okay, one last question, I promise. Because 
like I said, this is this is us catching up. So I, yeah. I have uh, things. So obviously, I just watched uh, your documentary. How 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 is Sco at the uh, the um, storage unit? Sco, that years after, and it's still about the same. I'm like, oof, it's been a couple of years further out. Is it still the same? No. So I know you're behind on the episodes. We actually we do talk about this in the hundredth episode that came out a little while ago. He has since the documentary and very recently he sold all the comics. Oh, wow. He sold all the comics to a new comic shop that was opening upstate. And he, as of this recording, he is in the process of uh, sending all of the graphic novels, all the trade paperbacks to all. Oh, yeah. Skokie, Illinois. Wow. Yeah. So he still has all the, uh, the statues and other merchandise and stuff like that. Um, but, and he still has two units, but I was actually there fairly recently to, cause he had a couple of trades for me <laughs> that I was able to snag before he sent them off. <laughs> and, um, and so I, I went in there with him and, uh, you know, we were all masked up and everything and vaccinated, but we went in there and, uh, yeah, I mean the, it looks a lot, there's a lot less than what you saw in the documentary. But again, that was a very recent shift. So, cause I made that movie in what, 2018. So it's been a couple yeah. of years and it's still, uh, up until very recently, it was still that. I was I was curious. I'm like watching. I'm like, I, I'm like, I wonder if it's still like that. And then also that got into the back of my head. I'm like, I really need to get rid of the books that I'm not going to use. Just I, they need to go. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's going to turn into that where I'm just like, yes, I'm eventually going to get rid of them. I'm eventually going to get rid of them, and just keep repeating that and never get rid of them. It's yeah, for sure, man. Uh, but listen, this is, and I would happily keep talking my iPad. I just got my, the 10% warning. So I don't want to, I don't want us to get cut off here, but this was really well, great. We have to take something for when we actually see each other in person. Exactly. Which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. And I'm glad you're back, you know, in, in the area and I'm sure we'll connect and, uh, at least, you know, exchange some, uh, texts or Facebook messages and we'll see what happens with supernatural. Maybe that'll be uh, that'll give us some fodder for a regular discussion <laughs> if, and when that happens. Um, but listen, thank you very much for, uh, for being part of this. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, thank you to the audience for tuning in as always really do appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next month with Pete Dwyer for the Labor Day episode. So that's coming up in one month. And until then, as always, don't be a flat squirrel. My Comic Shop History is a flat squirrel production. Art by Filtastic Filmenza, music by Basic Printer. If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to Digging for Kryptonite. Sign up for exclusive content at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato and watch My Comic Shop Country on Amazon, Apple TV, and CuriosityStream.